welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi and welcome to the World Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me Kat. And today I'm not joined by Liberty, as she hasn't been able to make it, but I am joined by a wonderful lady called Liana Fricker. Welcome, Liana. Hi Kat, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm really excited. I'm going to actually let you introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do. Uh, well, I'm founder of The Inspiration Space, which is a community that supports entrepreneurs. I started the company about two years ago. It was off the back of a burnout and then um, some time that I spent freelancing. And I realized that working for yourself can be quite lonely and isolating. And also things are changing so quickly. And when you're trying to figure out your place within the market and how you actually create a business that scales, you need support. You need the input of people who are both your peers and have, have been down that road before. And so the inspiration space was born. Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, I had my first chat with you um, a couple of weeks ago and I was really inspired, inspired. Um, <laughs> because I'd never spoken to you before, but I came off the call and I was like, oh my God, I just spoke to this really amazing woman. And she's told me all of these wonderful things that I could do. This is amazing. And I'm sort of running around the house. So actually the fact that you've called it inspiration space, as cheesy as I'm sounding, not you, I actually was really inspired by you. And I just felt you're, you've got such good energy. Um, and I'm saying to my friend, actually I was saying to Liberty, I was like, just love the way she talks. Just everything that she does she talks really well but you were saying just to go back to your story a little bit so you did have a bit of a burnout didn't you oh it was a huge burnout it was did a huge burnout what happened well i think in reality like looking back on it it started when i was around 25. i moved to the uk and got married and finished university and started my first proper job all within the same 12 month period when I was 22. And I think I really ran into this expectation of what being an adult was supposed to mean. And so I, I really had high standards for myself professionally and I threw myself into a global PR agency where I learned a lot, but it was quite corporate and, and pressured. Then I went into a startup, which was very entrepreneurial, but again, very pressured, especially because of the role that I had within the team. And I think all of a sudden I just realized I had no idea why I was doing what I was doing, but I didn't feel fulfilled and I didn't feel like I had a way out. And I then decided the only thing for it was to move you know, to the countryside and have a baby because I didn't think of any other options. And so that's what I did. And I had about 12 months off and I just 
threw myself into being a first time parent. And then as luck would have it, all my creativity turned back on. So going from that point, because actually originally you're from California, aren't you? So what made you move over here? I always wanted to come here since I met my first. I don't have any sunshine like you do. I don't understand. (laughs) I met my first British friend when I was like 13. And I I think around the same time I was watching AbFab broadcasting in the States. Is that what you thought we were all like? Right, right. And there was just something about it. I just, it, it spoke to my creativity, my sense of humor. I'm quite sarcastic. You know, I'm as happy-go-lucky American as I am. I would say I'm probably uh, a a more stoic version of that, which sits quite well, I think, in Britain. Um, and yeah, so I always wanted to come here, and I just thought, why not? And again, it's one of those. I realized that I've always been a risk taker and a rule breaker. I was just never aware of it. I thought that it was complete. I didn't think anything of finishing university, moving abroad and getting married in like a nine month period <laughs> Anything else? you did everything in one go and that really helped me you know that sense of fearlessness has helped me in my career and it's something that I draw upon all the time in entrepreneurship and what I've spent the past 18 months doing is really learning how to control that creative impulse to the point where I can come up with an idea and I don't feel the need to do it because oftentimes you know when you're when you're really creative and you're you you're working for yourself you see opportunities you can think to yourself okay I came up with this and I'm going to do it now because if I don't do it now it's a it's it's a reflection on whether you know I'm lazy or I'm not motivated and I spent a little bit of time doing that And now I'm more controlled. I'm more disciplined with the creative process. Yeah. And that's because, do you think that's been influenced by you opening up the inspiration space? Yeah. And working with my mentor, she's, you know, been at this for over 30 years. She, she knows the mistakes that business owners make at at different points in their career and the life cycle of their business and so she's been really helpful in just getting me out of my own way and that's why when she and I were looking at well how do we possibly collaborate it made sense to create a space for her within the inspiration space to then share that with our whole community Mm -hmm. because you know as, as as solo founders we we need that you know we don't always have big teams we don't have you know we're not sitting alongside an operations manager and also you know a chief marketing officer and you know a procurement person like we are all of those things and it's really difficult to get another perspective especially of a learned one yeah no that that's that that is interesting we work in a sort of similar way to you actually um I was I was reading um, about you and the bit where you were saying that when this kind of first started, you were a stay-at-home mum and you were kind of looking around the playground and that's when you kind of came to the idea and you got the group, you got groups of people to come together. How did you do that? I just did it. 
it was again i had managed to find a, a little niche for myself consulting for californian-based startups and that specifically because the time difference meant that when my my son was in bed i could that was at the start of their working day so i could still be with the kids and do all of that but in the evenings when i was on my own because my husband was working in the city and so he wasn't getting home until like three four in the morning sometimes it was it was quite a stressful time for him professionally and so that gave me an outlet and kind of filled a void that i that i definitely had and so during the day I would go to play groups and stuff. And I used to imagine these speech bubbles on the top of people's heads and, you know, senior partner, law firm, um, you know, yeah. accountant, marketing director, all of these, you know, like they're like chasing little kids around to like cleaning up snot, and, like <laughs> all of this. It's like, wow, I bet you didn't think this is where you're going to end up five years ago. <laughs> Cause at the time, you know, this is 10 years ago at the time, remote working, flexible working. It, it wasn't on the radar. It was no, very no, much, no. you know, when you were a woman and you decided you were going to take that next step. And especially if you didn't, if you, if you, so say you live in the Southeast and you had previously been working in London, even if you didn't live in London, you were commuting in, you knew that that wasn't going to, it just kind of wasn't an option, you know, like, there was zero way that you were going to be able to work remotely. When you do like the, the cost benefit analysis, you've got to earn a lot to justify yeah. going to work, you know, at that time, especially because between the train fare, the nanny, depending on the job you had, I was working in advertising. So, you know, you've got the after work socializing, all this kind of stuff. So a traditional uh, daycare setting may not work because you can't be back by the six by six o'clock when it shuts so now you're looking at a full-time nanny and it just wasn't something that was possible at the time and i think for me i was pleasantly surprised that i'd actually found a way to keep working and it was something that i created for myself and i was just like anybody can do this you just need to know it's an option and you need someone to show you how and so it started as, you know, let's just get women together with the kids. So it was based on like really awesome birthday parties. So you get entertainment in and then the moms could talk and the kids were being entertained and it was a social thing. It didn't have a work element to it at all. And then we did one where it was just the moms and it was electric. It was electric. And I just thought to myself, there's something in this because before you can figure out what you're going to do in your career, there's a lot of other things that need to be taken care of. You need to be inspired first. Mm. And that was sort of, you know, the, the, the genesis of it. If I just get women together to have different types of conversations, ones that don't revolve around their children. And then that grew into, right, let's teach women who have started businesses or thinking about starting their businesses, some basic marketing skills, because that was all stuff that I knew, you know, yeah. so how to, you know, basic grassroots marketing. So how to raise awareness for like no money, you know, tell good stories, network with people. And so I just started doing that. And then it just, it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I realized there's a, there's a greater need here. And a big part of that is around giving people space to embrace their ambition and then once you do that giving them the contacts and the skills 
and the peer networks to make it happen. No, it's great because what I hear as well in that is that you give these women lots of confidence, don't you? I think there's a time when you've had a child and then you come from having a child and you, you know you worked five or six years ago or however many years ago it is before you want to work again. But generally, if you like working, you still have that itchy foot kind of thing going on, don't you? But you just need somebody like you to spark it for them again. And so it is a great, um, a great thing that you're doing. In terms of the inspiration space, um talking about that i mean you do quite a lot of events don't you we did <laughs> oh, virtually now virtually you have a few virtual ones don't you so you're known for doing out of covid19 you are known for doing events aren't you <laughs> yeah that and again that's where it started from uh was this idea of just creating interesting experiences so going into venues that you otherwise wouldn't have found or wouldn't have necessarily associated with a networking event coming up with interesting formats, partly because I just, I get bored really easily. I need a lot of stimulation. So I'm like, I don't know, circus monkeys. Um, you are one of those amazing people though. I think it's because when you're talking to you and I could, this thing that I talked to you the other week, you just, you're like, you, you, I could see you looking going, I've got another idea for you. <laughs> it was just like, and then we're talking again, hold on a second. I've just thought about this and it, it just keeps reaming. It's like somebody switches you on and it's just, that's why I give a lot of ideas away. There's definitely a school of thought that there's people like, you have to protect all of your ideas. But for me, I'm like, are you joking? Ideas are a dime a dozen in this head. Like, if I don't give them away, you'll send me nuts. So, you sleep well. <laughs> sometimes. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big sleeper. Um, I probably need four or five hours, but then I go through periods where I might sleep for a whole day. I think it's because I am an introverted person. And since being in lockdown, I actually feel better than I have done in a while because I'm not out expending my energy all the time, which was something that, you know, used to have like with live events, Yeah, you've, you've got to commute, you're setting it all up and it, it, you full, you feel the full force of people, obviously, when you're with them physically. And I think because I am quite receptive to other people's energy and emotion. I kind of like the digital filter because I still get a lot, yeah. <laughs> but not so much of it. Because your mind must be fizzing, you know, you must just be like, yeah. And again, I think it's because I, I've, I've managed to create a way of working that allows me to play to my strengths. I've become more disciplined with all of that, I don't come up with as many ideas as part of like my stream of consciousness, which is why I like chatting with other people and, and brainstorming with them because it gives me, it's a way of using that, but I don't have to do it on my own business. Otherwise you like tinker with it too much. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so we were doing live events and now we've brought everything online and it is a really nice way for our community to get together and to support one another. And in some ways less pressured, I guess, as well. Yeah, and it's it's way more focused because time is more precious now. And so how we get together, what we're talking about, the way we're talking about it has changed a lot. And the network is now big enough that it's not so much about them networking, quote unquote, with one another as it is about building relationships so that they can collaborate together 
um, recommend one another, have those warts and all conversations, you know, that you can't really have elsewhere, partly because there aren't, there aren't a lot of digital spaces that are private and not everyone has, has easy access to other people who own their own businesses. It's like, you know, if someone had a puppy, they wouldn't really be able to talk to me about the, the woes of house training. Cause I'm like, I don't have a dog. I don't understand that. <laughs> but if you get people together, to to <laughs> right. I know my husband's got really bad allergies, so it's not an option, <laughs> you know? And, and so that's the other thing. It's being able to have a space where people get it and they know how hard it is. And they know that, you know, it's frustrating, but they've been through that and they can offer you a solution and it may or may not work, but at least you're in the comfort of people who are like, yeah, you know, you're not wrong about this. This is tough. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you do, you are running masterclasses. Is masterminds. Yes. Masterminds. Sorry. Yeah. Masterminds. Do you want to tell us a bit about the masterminds? So the masterminds are run by the university of Winchester. And again, this, came off the back of my relationship with my mentor. And it is a way of equipping, equipping our members with problem solving skills, not just so that they can reimagine their businesses against the backdrop of COVID, but also so they can just learn how to reimagine their businesses anytime that they need to. And once you learn this skill, it's something that adds value to the work that you do with your clients because once you you see the power of of lean thinking and you you look at partnerships and collaborations from a different perspective you reevaluate what is a good marketing channel and that may not be social media and oftentimes it actually isn't mm. um the way that you approach your business, and especially if you're a, a services business, the work that you deliver for your clients, it significantly changes. And I know this because I went through the program and I've seen the benefit of it. And what it does is it gives, especially creative entrepreneurs, the confidence to say, I am a professional. I'm not a hobbyist. I'm not playing at this. I want to build something substantial that I'm proud of. And you start to think about investment in a different way. You start to really unpack any of the financial barriers that you may have with regards to your attitudes around money. It's a way of leveling up our members so that they really can compete in this new world because there are going to be a lot of opportunities for people who are small and lean and passionate and creative and that are really close to the ground and in touch with with consumers in a way that the bigger players just they can't be they're 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 too large and so we started the program in january and then covid happened we moved everything online started doubling down on the sessions that we were running. So initially we were going to run six workshops and now we're doing eight. And we do a lot of stuff around ideation, looking at the macroeconomic and political factors at play so that we can really start to understand, well, where does our business fit? Mm. And this do a lot of work around 
getting into the psyche of our customer and learning the discipline of parking our products and services when we're thinking about what we bring to market and really thinking about the problems and the pain points um, that the people we serve have. Um, I mean, a lot of people have the imposter syndrome with it, don't they? Right, right. And there's a lot of women in the community at the start that they said, oh, I don't know, this mastermind is for me. It sounds very, very business. And, and with a little bit of, you know, coercion, <laughs> um, <laughs> I got them in. And the feedback has been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. And I can see the discourse within the inspiration space really changing. And people who've been in the community from day one, like start to see themselves beyond the scope of one person operations that work with micro businesses for peanuts. Yeah, now I think it's, um, it's so good, everything that you're saying here, because often I meet uh, women entrepreneurs who, again, like you, it's the money thing is a really, it's just a, you know, and actually, if I'm honest, I was a bit like that to start with. When I first started out, I was like, oh, you know, don't worry. I'll just charge you whatever. <laughs> you know, like, um, and I think it's women who just get a bit like, don't feel right about that. But actually, um, it's, it's something you have to overcome um and actually this is such a good and again it's like a step two of the confidence training that you give isn't it it's it's like um you know you've got to now you've learned this really great skill you do have to try you know you've got to value yourself and i i often say to people you know like money is not a real thing but the value attached to you is real and if you don't charge what the hell are we doing this for you don't people won't appreciate you and they won't appreciate you. Um, and I, I think like you often say as well, I think in our last conversation, I think there's so much you can give away, but you can't give away too much. Right. And it's just changing the way that we think about money. One of the, the first exercise that we do, the first workshop is, is called going for growth. And we do this really cool model. And it's basically, if you had a magic wand, where would you be in three years? What does your life look like? What does your business look like? And then you need to attach a pound sign to it because, you know, if you're not shooting for something, what's, what's the point? And people always get really kind of timid at the start of it. I know I did. And I, you, know, you always change them around, you know, you keep reevaluating it over and over and over again. And people are really timid and the numbers are always quite small. And by the end, you know, we've gone from six figures, maybe at first, like maybe it was, you know, 30,000 and then like, come on, like, Really, what do you want in three years? Like, where do you want to be? What kind of professional accomplishments do you want to have? Do you want to be known as a thought leader in your industry? Do you want to do speaking engagements? You know, what, is, what does that look like? It's not just about the material things. And people then start to reframe their attitudes towards having money in their business and seeing that the money in their business is what allows them to make the impact that they want. If you have a business and part of the reason why you started it is to be able to give back to the community in some way, you're going to need to have the revenue to be able to do that. You're going to need to be able to have the, the resourcing, the team to be able to do that. You'll need legal support, potentially accountancy, digital marketing, all of these things. Yeah. And then, you know, they have a cost to it. So then it's, it's not you being greedy 
when you throw a big number out there. It's understanding that that big number is what's required to ensure that you meet your goals and you're making the impact that you want in the world. Yeah. And I love, I love seeing people's like their, their eyes just light up and they're like, wow, yes, I can, I can totally do that. And that's almost the hardest part, that ability to believe not only are you capable of it, but you deserve it and that you want it. Cause a lot of us like to pretend like we don't want it. Yeah. Like, middle, like, you know, average is good enough. And for me, I'm like, a lot of the times excellence is 1% more effort across a lot of different things. It's maybe not as like, that's why my kids kind of frustrate me when it comes to the homeschooling thing. I'm like, if you would have sat down for just 10 more seconds and read that for just 10 more seconds, <laughs> did you have this today? For 10 more seconds, this would have been a phenomenal <laughs> piece of work. Like what? Like for an investment of 30 seconds, oh, you would have saved the four hours of me like being mad and having to redo this. <laughs> and going on to homeschool. No, no, I'm not going on to that because I would just go all about that for ages. Um, you're right about the um, money mindset. And I think that's a really interesting one. For people to hear about. I was looking at one of your courses on one of your things on money mindset, which again, which you just kind of touched on there about people not thinking that their worth is, you know, that much. It's often when I talk to people, actually, it's quite funny. And I think I did partly this as well. When COVID-19 first started, a whole ream of people just gave a whole load of stuff away and if you look at it it was all women and it was just like hold on a minute what <laughs> i'm doing it too you know like and then actually i did people were like i need to have a word with you <laughs> stop doing it now it's like i've done it for three weeks you know i've done my good thing for three weeks but i've lifted the lid on it now but actually as i talk to people in, in the network of the wellness network let's say of the people that we work with all of them were practically giving away their classes and i was speaking to some of them i was like but you you have a mortgage you have bills to pay like everybody else and everybody needs to support the economy at the same time um so we have to still charge for things but again i think it's that sort of mother in us i don't know is that the thing it's i think it's partly that it's our role as the protectors but I think the other part of it is the way that we devalue digital. You know, when you have, fitness is a great example of this. You have fitness instructors who were previously charging when they were delivering offline, thinking that now they've got to deliver for free. And now obviously people have their own reasons why they might do this. But I believe that as a society, we devalue digital. We expect everything online to be free. We want free content. We want our newspapers to give us access for free. The social media platforms are free. You know, we, we expect it to be free. And so the mindset then of the entrepreneur who is taking their business from offline to online, and if it's a service like, you know, classes, you may think that it has to be free because People can get it on YouTube for free and this, that, and the other for free. But the thing is, it's very different is that you've got a community of people who value what it is that you do, who are already paying a price for it. 
I feel like by offering it for free because the service is online, you're basically saying my time has no value. Mm. But of course it does. An hour of your time is still an hour of your time. Now, yes, there may be cost savings that can be made because you're no longer having to commute. So to teach one yoga class might have in reality been three or four hours after you've gone to the studio, set everything up, had a chat to maybe your students afterward and then come home you know, maybe that's, you're looking at three hours and, and now it's it's legitimately, you know, an hour and 20 minutes because you just, you you turn it on the camera and you're just getting word, but your expertise and all the training that you did up to that point is still valuable. That's part of what people are paying for. Your time is still valuable. I mean, Zoom's not free. None of these digital tools are actually free. Your internet's not free you know, no, it may not be physical space, but it all has a cost attached to it. So you can't give it away for free. And yes, it's a great, it's a great way to, and we've all, we all did it. I I opened up the doors to the inspiration space for 30 days, you know, and just said, if you need kind of refuge, come on in, you know, for free for a month. But it was for a very specific audience of people who were already engaged and, I felt like they appreciate the business enough that even if they didn't join afterwards, the time that they were there, they would have contributed and that's worth it. But, you know, by no means would I be prepared to, to do that indefinitely. If anything, it's not fair to the people who do pay, you know, and that's, I think that's another thing that's really important to remember when you're bringing your business online, people, there are people who are paying you or did pay you when you start to then give it away for free. It's kind of a kick in the teeth to those people. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab and go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant based, gluten free, dairy free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think um, as well, to be fair, across the whole spectrum of everybody, we should all be doing the same thing to to support one another as well. And I think it's really difficult when you see all these other experts, you know, like in similar space to you going, yes, but I'm too afraid to charge them now. But it's interesting what you said just then actually about, you know, the online being free, newspapers and all that. And I, I used to work in online media years and years ago. And um, it was so hard at that point to convince people to pay for anything online, even though it was the only form of media which we could get a, a result off of. <laughs> and you're just like, hold on a minute, why? And, and it, you know, like, and I think at the time as well, because I used to work with editorials and stuff, and they just hated the, the internet at that time. You know, like all of magazines absolutely hated the internet because it was taking away. What did it mean? It was nothing compared to a magazine. And now, I mean, my God, now look at everything. <laughs> but, but it was just trying to get people to switch over to the mindset, wasn't it? And again, the digital mindset is this is a you know, this is a level playing field. You get more results out of this for your business than you do anywhere else. And I think the other thing is that the internet is so noisy. And I don't know that everyone needs to bring their business online. There's some, there's studios that I've seen in the States and, you know, they don't have any intention of 
pivoting to like an exclusively digital model. And, and so what they've decided to do is they've suspended or they've paused their member, their memberships for their members. And they're teaching the same classes to the same schedule in the studio. And now, and the members, like if you look in like the Facebook, the members are like, please take my money. Like, this is insane. You, you're still delivering to us. And you know, they'll, that community of people is still there. And then hopefully when things kind of go to a new normal, they'll open the studio back up and you know, the streaming will become a small part of what it is that they do. There are physios that at the moment are doing virtual things, but they may find once we get back to a new normal that, you know, it is, it's better for them to deliver what they would like the body work and, and the offline stuff. So they don't have to have this exclusively digital business. Um, you know, it, it's also one of those, if you can't figure out how you're going to take your business on, in a lot of ways, there's some, there's nothing more than fills me with a bit of, oh, I don't know why you would do that, which is, yeah. I'm going to make an online course. Because a lot of times, you know, when I, it might be my own kind of imposter syndrome or whatever, but oftentimes before I think of creating new content, I think, does the world need my version or has someone already done this better than me? Because oftentimes, if they've done it better than me, I would rather add value by pointing someone to that direction than to be like, here's my inferior version. Um, <laughs> I don't think that could happen. You do have the most amazing ideas. <laughs> you know, and so, and so you have people who's like, well, I suppose you could use this time to create an online course, and that's great for the development of your own skills. Or you could just take a breather and think about what you'll do when the world kind of goes back to a new normal you know you don't have to start investing a lot of time and money and energy in what is a you know a snapshot in time because yeah. everyone is telling you you need to bring your business online sometimes it's just about implementing technology to make it so that whatever you need to do you can do better faster more efficient and that yeah. doesn't mean the creation of your own online course. No, and that's um, something I did this week for the first time was I went on to my sort of community and did, um, just did a Facebook Live actually on um, helping them navigate their way through, um, you know, like the social medias. Um, and literally what I was saying to them was like, I think a lot of you are doing it ad hoc and it's really the wrong way to do it. And they were like, <laughs> me like what? Like, you know, you really need to plan your content to give yourself some freedom because you're on it 24 seven and it's just unnecessary. You know, the best way to use all of these things is to plan them to spend one chunk of time and then having the rest of the week without it. And I was really surprised actually, because all the people who came in, they were like, oh my God, that's such good advice. And actually I was like, interesting within your own community to find out that people still haven't really researched the way to sort of plan that type of marketing. And then for me, then it doesn't become free marketing because it sucks up all your time. Right. It's an interesting one with social media because I remember when, you know, I was, I was on Facebook when you still needed a college address because all my friends in university, they were all a year younger than me. So when I finished my degree and came over to the UK, they were still all, at uni and that was 
the year that Facebook launched. So all my friends were messaging me there, like, because we used to use AOL Messenger. And there's like this new, oh, yeah. there's this new website and it's like MySpace, but it's not because everybody was on MySpace. Yeah, and AOL, and MySpace yeah. was like noisy. You could not quietly fake work and have MySpace because you'd go onto someone's profile and it's like blasting music and everyone in your office <laughs> open plan. MySpace and so many <laughs> younger people wouldn't have heard of it now. Right. And like, because you'd have people would have music on their profiles. If you were like browsing at work with open plan offices, all of a sudden like Amy Winehouse rehab comes like blaring up. Like, what are you doing over there? So Facebook was like this quieter version. Anyways, you know, I I've seen that platform grow. I did some of the early uh, brand campaigns when pages acted more like our personal feeds. And so everything was a lot more organic. It was in the infancy of it. Yeah. And I've seen how people use it now. And I've seen a whole ecosystem develop around teaching people how to use social media that I think that it's become a really overvalued channel in some ways. And I think that it can distract an entrepreneur or a business owner from what are the real priorities, especially yeah. when you're at the beginning of growing your business, because there's only so many appointments you can take if you're a coach. If you're a yoga instructor, there's only so many classes you can teach. If you're a nutritional therapist, you know, there's, because your time is what you're selling, it's actually a really limited resource. And so if you're investing that limited resource in marketing, there's no strategy attached to it. It's on this channel where everyone is screaming, look at me, look at me, look at me from big brands that are throwing millions at, at trying to get reach to every small person, you know, also trying to have their voices heard. It just, it becomes really overwhelming. And I'm like, this is, I don't know that it's necessary. And so in the inspiration space where we're trying to we're take our members is to this place where you're building a sound business model. You're thinking about scale and you're thinking about routes to market that are they're they're bigger it's a bigger sandbox so instead of trying to have a conversation with millions of people one by one by one i often call social media the digital equivalent of door-to-door -door sales where you're yeah. just knocking on like door after door after door after door versus a distribution deal so working with a larger partner where you've identified a really specific problem that they have that only you can solve and that's of high value to them and you've pitched it to them in the right way and you've made the business case in the right way that they're prepared to invest in say a pilot and then after that you kind of continue to build the relationship and then you know you you get yourself firmly implemented as as a supplier versus posting just even if you're posting like with any consistency or any strategy all the time on social media, I'm not saying there's not a place for it, but I do think there's a point in, in a small business where it becomes a distraction and it really stops you from getting out of 
that place of working with trying to do business with your peers versus trying to collaborate with your peers to work with bigger fish. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what people forget is it's borrowed land and people are not that loyal and your friends aren't going to be the one that buys your products all the time, you know? So, um, and, and people get caught up in their ego on it as well, don't they? Which they have to understand isn't the right way to approach it. You have to really, it's not a priority as such. And people, what I was noticing within this group is that people were really had it at the top and they were so frustrated, you know, like, why haven't I got 50 likes? I was like, you know, the thing is they're taking the likes off soon. <laughs> exactly. Like, how do I get more followers, this, that, and the other? And I think maybe you and I are lucky in the sense that we have companies that are brands. So we can hide behind it. So when you, and I think, and I know for me, like when I, because I can hide behind the inspiration space brand, I feel like I can be a little bit freer on social media with it. And I, I feel like I can be more strategic because I'm not talking oh, yeah, about myself. And so you can kind of approach it as if you were working with a brand, you know, it, you removed the personal, whereas it, I, I would probably feel very different about it all if I was the brand and if maybe I was a coach, right? Yeah. But, but then maybe not, because I've, I've always had that opinion around marketing. You know, I'm from the, the generation of marketers when we used to call it new media. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in new media. Right. It was called new media. <laughs> and every client meeting was like, we need a blog. Why? We don't know. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. I completely remember all of these conversations. Um, yeah, right. so I've always been so I work in new media and they're like, oh, what's that? And it's just like, oh, um, no, oh God. Yeah, but the, and the funny thing about that is we're the old school. We're the people who've been in it the longest, to be fair, aren't we? Yeah, it's, and, it's, and I think maybe that's also it. When I realized that my background in marketing is something that I'm really, really lucky to have had, because a lot of people start their own businesses from a completely separate industry where maybe they had zero exposure to the marketing department. And so I think sometimes I take it for granted that everyone would see how all of this fits together and how social media may actually be like a superfluous part of what it is that you're doing. And there's other things you really need to focus on. There's easier ways to do this. Um, than your average bear only because I, always had an insight into marketing. That's, that's where I worked, you know? Yeah. No, it's interesting. So, um, in terms of what, 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 what are you, what, what, what are you doing at the moment? Oh, what am I doing at the moment? Well, I am, um, the, 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 schooling. Right, the forbidden topic, I'm homeschooling, <laughs> trying not to completely, totally like ruin my children's education um, it's so real it's, it's very hard for a lot of people at the moment who've got children though isn't it the balance is particularly oh, tricky um right. somebody was telling me at the moment could you get to the post office and post me something <laughs> i was saying today um i'm really sorry but uh, as i don't go out that often right now um secondly um i can't the post office shut at half past three <laughs> We haven't finished all four. I mean, I don't know how long this is going on for. I actually, 
with the homeschooling, trying to work, trying to make uh, 12 meals a day, I am <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't have time. How do I not have time? I'm at home. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard. And I think one of the things that I'm doing at the moment is just taking just time to just breathe, really. Really just taking time to breathe and not try to do too much. I'm fortunate that on a professional level, you know, I feel supported and whilst delivery has changed, it's it's taken us maybe nine, 10, 12 months ahead of where we thought we would be, mm. um, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to just really be be grateful for the stability that I have at the moment and not take on too much and just really chill out because when we are all sort of released again, what we're released to remains to be seen and I don't want to leave lockdown feeling tired and depressed and all of these things, because that's when I feel like I'm going to really need to be at my best. At the moment, everything is on pause in a way. And so we're all in the same place. Mm. But once we're released, you know, it's going to kind of be, it's going to be survival of the fittest. And so I'm trying to control the things that I can. And that's, you know, my mental health, I can't, you know, I feel like maybe I can't really control my, my physical health, which is why I stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a test of my resilience, isn't it? That's what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and really doubling down on the, the gratitude, the, the resilience. Um, and, and in terms of your well-being, what are you doing to look after yourself and your well-being? Um, I'm trying to cook more, which is, which is good. I'm trying to sleep as much as I feel I need have fun with the kids not drinking so much because that was something that oh man the first few weeks and i think that's something that people don't really talk about even though we're all doing it but at the beginning of lockdown i drank a lot more than i really should have done and <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know there was this element of like everybody was making jokes about it online and then as time went on and I think we realized this is not you know a three-week Christmas break this is like this for a while I was like right you gotta this can't go on so really kind of like cutting back the drinking to like as close to zero as we can get exercise is not something that I'm able to do as often as I used to uh but again you know just being kind of cool with that taking walks doing what I can, acknowledging the fact that I'm not a home worker outer, is that even a word? But like, I'm, not that, I'm not that person. I, I'm more likely to put on a YouTube video, sit on the sofa and watch it than I am to get up. So. Yeah, but that's good. That's, that's what being honest is about, you know. Um, I have probably done more exercise, but only to the fact that I'm really moody if I don't. So I'm just like, oh. I need to get out. And it's about having the me time, isn't it? Uh, for me, it's just like, where can I find my me time? And I'm having to find it after, you know, like, I think <laughs> I stuck my head in the fridge before this and I was like, what are we having for dinner tonight? I was like, oh God, does anybody actually care what we're having for dinner tonight? 
<laughs> you know, just like, oh, Jesus, I can't even think about it, you know. Um, I like the way that you say that you don't, because you don't really have any rituals, do you? Especially at the moment. Um, but your gratitude attitude is something that you live by, isn't it? It's something yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. I just, I feel really fortunate. And I, I always feel fortunate, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of my privilege and I, I guess, you know, if, if I was going to say that would be a spiritual belief, it, it probably is. Cause it's something that I turn to a lot. I turn to it when I feel anxious. I turn to it when I feel stressed out. I turn to it when I feel really ragey and, you know, start having a pity party for myself. Um, I turn to it when I feel sad about this situation for other people. Like this is really hard for, for people right now. Yeah. Very, very hard. You know, it's really, really hard for people right now. And I don't know if it's selfish or what, but I turn to gratitude when I, when I'm feeling other people's kind of pain and misfortune being like, yeah, you know, like really appreciate what you have because a lot of people would kill for this so don't start complaining yeah no you're and you're right as well because it does it brings you back down to earth as well we had a, like an online work meeting yesterday and i don't know what was going on yesterday but everybody was like oh this is a terrible moment you know <laughs> like i think i've hit a peak you know people are hitting that though aren't they it is I spoke to them last week. It's like, yeah, no more good. But the sun was out last week. Yesterday it was raining. And the rain made such a big difference to people's mood. Um, yeah, I was like, school's cancelled. I was like, we're having a set day. I don't have the motivation to, like, play this game today. Like, no. I think my daughter's quite, um, why do you use Google to try and get all the answers? <laughs> It's like because that's what they made it for, you know. <laughs> I like. I, I sometimes get frustrated. I'm like, just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> yeah. well, today I said, ask Alexa. Like, we have one in every room in the house. Ask her. She knows. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I know. It is that. Isn't it? I, I am learning that I'm not actually a teacher. <laughs> not at all. I never liked playing that game at school. So. Oh. We're all obviously in the same boat, you know, the WhatsApps are kicking off constantly, aren't they? Um, and I, I try not to get too involved in them, but um, it's, it's quite funny to see that. It's, it's reassuring to see that we're all feeling, feeling the pain. Right. We're all, and that's why it's like, you know, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to take a breath and get our ducks in a row you know, yeah. get our ducks in a row and start to really evaluate what do we want? What do we, what do we want the new world to look like? The beauty about this whole thing is we don't have to go back to business as usual. We can't go back to business as usual and we won't, but you've got to be bold and you've got to be brave and you've got to see, you know, solutions and have a vision about how, whatever it is that you do, can be delivered in a way that makes the world a better place. Yeah, no, that, that's, that is so true. So I'm going to just end this on a fun note um, by saying, first of all, um, what book would you recommend? What are you reading? Have you read anything new? Oh, no. 
I'm, I'm, I read The Economist and the FT. I'm so bored. Come on. <laughs> in times of, in times of, in times of like economic stress like this, that's what I turn to. That's what I read all throughout the, the last crash. Okay, the next question. So I'm like, so what's, your Netflix, boring. what's your Netflix choice at the moment then? Ooh. So I really love Madam Walker. It's on Netflix and it is like a five part mini series about Madam CJ Walker, which was the first black woman millionaire in the US right after uh, slavery. So the early 1920s. Oh, and she came up with a whole range of hair products for black women. Oh. And I'd heard the story in, in passing, um, you know, over the years, but the series was done so well. And I started watching it at the beginning of lockdown and I just found it really inspirational how this woman overcame the, the gender barriers, the racial barriers, the yeah. social economic barriers to create this huge company. And I was like, yeah, that was like, that was, that was really, really inspiring for me. So I would recommend um, Madam Walker and Netflix. And then if that's a little bit too highbrow for you, uh, Tiger King. I also watched that. <laughs> I then had to watch something fun afterwards to get over the fact that I couldn't really understand these people that well. <laughs> little bit of trash alongside the economist <laughs> yeah no i mean it's been so nice to speak to you but um obviously people will want to know where to find you now so can you tell us where we can find you uh so after completely bashing social media you'll find us on instagram <laughs> <laughs> at the inspiration space.co or um our website is www.theinspirationspace.co as in period co <laughs> And go onto the website, everybody, because it is really good. There's so much on it. Um, there's so much for people to read, isn't there, as well? Um, yeah, we've got some, we've got some fun articles. Um, we're going to be redoing our whole digital platform over the next few months. So watch this space for something, what I feel is going to be really fun and exciting. And it'll mean that startups and small business owners uh, will never have to Google again. <laughs> and I absolutely love talking to you I always feel really inspired after I've talked to you so I hope that you come on as a guest again because I'm sure we've got so much more to talk about um, but um, thank you again for coming on today I really appreciate it and um, I look forward to speaking to you again soon yeah brilliant thank you everyone